Welcome to Ibra Bio Window. I'm Sarai Gomez and I invite you to hear the personal stories of young people around the world living the coronavirus crisis in completely different ways. What we have in common is the European Union because we are from or we live there. This is a place to discover how this crazy year has been all over the planet. So take the chance to travel the world through the stories of the locals. United in the diversity of our different windows. And you, through what window do you see the world? Europe by a window with Sarai Gomez. Hello everyone! Welcome to the fourth episode of Europe by a Window podcast. From a fresh and young perspective today, we will talk about how it's doing the coronavirus in the model of Europe, in Germany. Have you ever had a feeling that Germany is the boss of the European Union? Do we all in the community receive the same education regarding EU? What do all of us Europeans have in common in these times of pandemic? Meanwhile, we answer this question, there is a country that is increasingly consolidating itself as an empire, Russia. I'll invite you to have a chit-chat with today's guest, a German guy that half of his heart is German and Russian. He is one of that kind of person who thinks globally and acts locally. He is Nick Hoffman and weekly he's working with a local radio in Ilmenau, Germany, Radio HSS. This radio is the one where you can be active at any time and bring your creativity to the radio. So if you're in Germany, don't be afraid. Have a great time and discover the magic of the radio or podcast. Hello Nick, thank you very much for joining us. I know your agenda is quite tight, right? <laughs> How are you? Hello, I'm great. Uh, today was a busy day and uh, yeah, but the day was all right today. To start, I always ask to my guests if, do you remember the day when COVID-19 interrupted in your daily life? Uh, yes, I, I remember it quite well because it was uh, the 13th of uh, March. Uh, I was doing my internship and it was Friday mm -hmm. after lunch. Uh, it was always time to go home. It was my, was, uh, my weekend starting and it was like the last day I saw my, uh, my colleagues because my internship ended at the end of March and after this day mm -hmm. uh, on Monday my my boss told me that I should stay home because of COVID-19. Many colleagues uh, of that company uh, the week after that stayed, stayed at home and worked from home. That is so curious because for me it was almost the same story. I was also doing an internship and 15 days or 20 days before finishing my practice there. It was uh, Friday too, March 13, when the Spanish government, Pedro Sánchez, was preparing everything to declare the state of alarm the day after March 14th. So yes, I remember that Friday very well, when I left the office with a weird and upset feeling. Uh, the next Monday was just about working from home, but just two days because, well, you know, many people got fired in the country, so what can an intern do? 
Yeah, and uh, what was also on, on this Friday, it was like then, uh, okay, all schools uh, are closed from Monday on. And it was this, it was really a Black Friday. And I remember it so good because it was Friday the 13th. And I don't know if it is in Spain, but it is this this black day. Just it's always the day of unlucky, <laughs> unluckiness. Yes, I never believe in that, but yeah. <laughs> I, I also don't believe in that, but it was just it it all everything fits together at that day. Everything was shit. Uh, it's really really crazy. Yeah, it's the time for all the conspirations lovers. Yeah, I mean uh, now. Uh, Talking up, they are talking about the end of the world. That Mayans made a mistake. Uh, the end of the world is 2020. Yeah. <laughs> What would you say is the difference between your thought the first time you hear about the virus and the day it was an official part of your life? I think when it started, it started like at the start or at the beginning of December or around Christmas, somewhere there. Uh, it started uh, in the news with the first cases in China, and then at first I thought, yeah, like it it would it will never touch us somehow. But then the cases in China increased, but it wasn't here in Europe. So I said, yeah, okay, it's in China. China is so far away. And then it started. I think at the uh, at the end of January, we had the first case in Germany till the beginning of March where I really thought like yeah it's nothing nothing more than a flu and then after this day um, my my thoughts about that changed a lot I think that it is really important to keep this virus as small as possible for example if you look at countries like the USA where they have a president who doesn't care about the virus you see the results out of that mm -hmm. yeah I remember the Um, Euro News said on March 27th that uh, Germany has increased its number of COVID-19 tests to uh, 500,000 per week. Uh, the reason why Germany has so little deaths compared to its number of confirmed cases is because you have a lot of laboratory diagnoses. In Germany, the government um, really early acted and Um, made all these restrictions and I'm quite happy with that because um, that's why we have so uh, less cases in Germany than we have in the USA. How soft or harsh you found the measures to stop the virus in Germany? Uh, I think sometimes there, there weren't even strict enough to be honest because um, at the time of course there were many critics especially from the far-right parties which criticized that they are not harsh enough but I think it was the only right way to have strict restrictions uh, at that time even though It crashed a bit the economy, yeah, completely. but there's nothing more important than health because I think the economy some, somehow will recover, but you cannot recover really health. There is, of course, there was this discussion we had in here in Germany about uh, some politicians were talking about freedom and everyone has its, has its own freedom to go outside and to do whatever you want. But uh, our chancellor here in Germany, Mrs. Merkel, said that If we want to survive this um, this virus as good as possible, we need to like we need to decrease the freedom of everyone. Uh, 
uh, of every single uh, person, every single German. The number of deaths in Germany has remained lower than many other countries, whether in Europe uh, or around the world. In Germany, we have a community that's very open uh, for um, establishing new diagnostic assays for several structural reasons. The most effective way to prevent infections and save lives is breaking the chains of transmission. And to do that, you must test and isolate. For me, it was the only possible way. In my opinion, also, it is people are too fast now thinking there is no virus. Yeah, and what do you think about uh, sanctions? To be really honest, I don't even know a person which was affected by these sanctions. I don't know anyone who has to pay money because he uh, did something against the restrictions. Oh my God, that is so, so different. In Spain, we exceeded one million fines for violating the measures of this state of alarm. But it was a moment of total madness. <laughs> uh, people didn't know what to do or what is allowed to do or not uh, during uh, the alarm state because the most innocent things you do, they can sanction you with a big uh, fine. Yeah, and... And really, to be honest, I, I know uh, or I, I have read all about all these sanctions we have here in Germany, um, but there was no, there were just some rumors that someone has to pay something, but there was no one I personally, personally know uh, who had to pay something because of the restrictions. Well, that's good. Uh, good news for your pocket. <laughs> Now <laughs> let's tell the audience that we are classmates at the University of Ilmenau in Germany. We have never met in person, in <laughs> fact I've never lived in Germany. Uh, Nick, you have been studying at Ilmenau University for a few years, right? For how long? Yeah, I'm now in my sixth semester, so It will be three years in October that I'm in now. And with this crazy corona crisis, how do you consider your academic performance has been? Yeah, this the, the um, online classes are a big topic, to be honest, uh, this semester. There are big advantages of online classes, but there are also big, really big disadvantages of online classes. Um, Some disadvantages are, of course, this personal contact is nowhere near just because you sit in front of a computer. But um, I experienced that I save a lot of time. I'm much more productive because I do not have to walk all these ways between the classes, the classrooms, between my, my flat and the university. So I saved a lot of time during the semester. And I think I also learned very much uh, about my own uh, learning habits uh, and which times are the best for me to work and so on. I think it was a good experience this semester. Maybe after this experience, I think for the next course, well, why not a mixed method, let's say. But we'll have to see what the university will adapt from this semester or what they will cancel. Well, let's move on of the topic. I think we have enough about academic uh, at this point of the year. I think we are very tired now. We need a vacation. Um, so, talking about the 
power of Germany in the European Union, Corona time, it is not an exception. So Nick, what do you think about the European Union expects from Germany a way out of the coronavirus crisis? Um, yeah, to be, to be honest, if I first look in Germany, I was sometimes thinking critically about the government in Germany because sometimes I thought they really missed uh, the train to the future in Germany. We call it like that, like they missed to hop on the train to the future. Sometimes it was just too conservative in Germany. But when the coronavirus started, I was pretty uh, happy that we have such a good government in Germany and I really felt safe all the time because I know that there are people who know what to do now even though it was a situation which never occurred before. I think we have a um, big responsibility for the European Union of course also because of our history because uh, we're the Germany is the reason why we had two world wars on this continent um, and I think there Germany's position is very high and Germany has much responsibility for the re European Union. Um, sometimes I'm, I think that other countries may think that Germany has too much responsibility, that the European Union is just a big project of Germany. I think it could be in other countries like that. Yes, that is true. And actually, German Chancellor Angela Merkel and her team will find the Economic Recovery Fund plus the China Treaty and the post-Brexit. At the same time, the Chancellor insists that the EU is in the most difficult situation in its history. So I wonder how do Germans perceive themselves knowing that their country is the motor of the European Union or you country has that big expectation? I think people in Germany think that the European Union is useless for us because we have to do so much work for the European Union and we have parties in Germany uh, of uh, especially the far-right party uh, which says that all the all the power we invest into the European Union could be invested better in our own country and Germany could be bigger without the European Union. But I think Germany would be nothing without the European Union as well as other all the other countries like Spain, Italy, France, they would also in the global market these countries are too small to interact with big players like Russia, China or um, the USA. But I think this power together um, is a big and crucial point for the European Union in the global market. Yeah, I think the European Union is very important for Germany, but as well as Germany is very important for the Uni European Union. Great answer! <laughs> yeah, it sounded a bit like a politician, I'm sorry for that. I maybe have a question for you. How do you see this 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 big power of Germany in, in the European Union? Is it something you would criticize about the European Union from the point of view of a spa of uh, from Spain? I have the feeling that you as a German, comparing to myself as a Spanish, we receive a different education or regarding the European Union or at least the environment, uh, the atmosphere of the public opinion regarding the EU is quite different. 
Um, I think in Spain we do not have a future plan or a global vision um, towards the European Union as Germany does. Yeah, I can understand that. So perhaps that explains in part why the level of the European integration in Germany is higher than in Spain. We know we are in and we try to do our best, but we don't have a future plan. And I think uh, Germany uh, does and a lot and put all of uh, their efforts and resources on, on that. So hmm, that's what I perceive. Yeah, I sometimes also think, um, and I know where these right parties in Germany, how they came on this thought. So, because Germany is really doing much and sometimes people think Germany should uh, do this or save this power for their own country and not put all this money into the European Union. But uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of, I'm a big supporter of the European Union because I never lived in a country or I never lived in the world without the European Union and I'm pretty happy the way it is. Yeah, exactly. There is another thing that I find very interesting and is the high number of German diplomats and officials working in the European Union. Also, all key positions are filled by German presence, so it looks like uh, the Germans really take 100% of the EU very seriously and put all its resource into it. Yeah, um, I can understand if, if someone thinks like that because there was this, um, I don't know how the position is called in, uh, in English, it's where um, Frau von der Leyen, uh, which was uh, the minister, uh, a minister in Germany, she was a minister in Germany and then she got into the highest position of the European Union and I really thought, why is it again a German in this high position? So there are just Germans. So I can, I really understand that uh, most of the big and high positions in the European Union are, um, are Germans. I remember the first day of class you say something about your family international background. Yeah. Is Russia present in your family and in your life? Um, so yeah, my, my family, I'm the first generation born uh, here in Germany. My whole family comes from Russia, from the Siberian area where it's quite cold in the winter. Then my family in the 90s, they came here to uh, Germany. I know I have this background and uh, yeah, but I, if I have to choose um, if I am a German or if I am a Russian, I would say that I'm more German because I lived my whole life here. I, I went through the German education with uh, all the schools and now university. And yeah, I'm more German than I am Russian. My heart is half German, half Russian. Okay. <laughs> uh, do you think um, comparing your knowledge about, the, uh, about Russia, do you think the rest of your friends uh, or colleagues uh, have the same um, consciousness of Russia or if they have enough present Russia? Yeah, I, I have the same, same, same thoughts about it because sometimes I think in Europe we're talking a lot about the Western world 
but sometimes we really do not think about the eastern part of the world, which is sometimes even bigger than the western part. And I had a situation in school where my perception of Russia and all my experience I have with the culture and so on uh, helped me because uh, in school it was the time where this crisis in Ukraine started and this so-called civil war there uh, in the country where Russia fights against Ukraine. And in school we had then the discussion in this, uh, in, during our politics lesson and everyone was like uh, on the side of the European Union and just uh, talking about that Russia is the the main reason because there is a war and Russia's it's just Russia's fault and no one of the other students in that class knew or know still don't know the pers perspective from Russia and they cannot really understand the other side and I think you cannot have a good discussion if you do not understand the arguments of the other side and I think in Europe we often just do, don't know the perspective of Russia or sometimes why Russia acts like they really do and this is sometimes a problem because I think Russia has a big power, uh, a large power in the world and sometimes I think uh, my friends um, of course my family not because my family knows the perspective but my, f my friends um, sometimes I think they just don't know the perspective it's nothing to criticize on uh, because in the in the media there's just the bad side of Russia always I never really read an article about the good side of Russia and my opinion is not that all the things Russia is doing are great um, because there are things um, especially in case regarding the human rights in this country which are pretty critical for me as a European citizen but uh, yeah sometimes as we as we talk now about people don't know the other side the other perspective and after all we have talked about now I think we answer what you answer the question on how do you identify yourself culturally right yeah for me as, as I said uh, I'm more German than I'm Russian, but I will. The, the Russia or the Russian culture will always be part of my of my life. Uh, you have any project for the next uh, the next course or season in mind? Uh, yeah, in the next semester there will be. I will do a game show, a quiz show, uh, in the next semester as a media project. Um, yeah, it will be on, on German. Are you preparing something new for um, the next uh, Radio HSF season? Yeah, our, uh, currently we are having a break. We will start again when the lecture period of the new winter semester will start. I think it's like the second week of October. We will start again. I will have a I have a small podcast on, on Friday evening there where I talk with a friend on German because most of the Germans don't like to watch something in English. It is easier for me to have a small talk in my native language, I think, but that's for everyone like that. <laughs> so I need to explain that because we are talking in English. English is not uh, our uh, mother language. So thanks, thanks so much for taking your time for joining me in this uh, media project. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no, no problem. I really like to be to be uh, guests in your podcast. It was really interesting to talk about the European Union 
uh, and so on. If you want to tell us in which social media or website channel we can find you or the radio. Yeah, the, the radio has its own website. It's radio-hsf.de. And on the website, there is the web player where you can listen to our radio from all over the world. There's a show for everyone, basically. We look forward for the radio out as season. I'm excited also for you. I know how cool it's prepared content for radio or podcast. And every time you talk to me about it, I always get a good feeling. So thanks again for sharing with me some tips to develop this media project. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, you're welcome. I wish you all the best and I hope to have you again in a future episode. You are welcome, Nick. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, bye. Have a nice evening. Bye bye. I hope you have a good time. It was a pleasure for me. You are the reason why this project exists. And because of that, I kindly ask you to share this podcast with all your friends and family if you think this message would motivate them. I will share the link in the blog, in Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. If you copy the link and share it without moderation, I would be very grateful. Remember, every Friday is a new episode. See you soon. Thank you. Europe by a window with Sarai